0: This is Gateway City Sports. Th- this is the Derek King Sports Show. Cardinals, Blues, Mizzou Athletics, Chiefs. He has it covered. The Derrick King Sports Show. Only on Gateway City Sports. Let's go! Let's go! All right, Man, we finally got something to talk about on this St. Louis NFL lawsuit and everything that kind of goes on about it. So, we're going to get serious here for a second. I'm I'm taking the glasses off. This is how serious we're going to get. Because I have acquired, through my multiple sources, a majority of the depositions there's a lot of stuff that was cut off whenever they sealed the entire case but I managed to get my greasy little fingers on a lot of that information thanks to those people involved I appreciate it I can't name names that's just the way that it goes but I'm going to be sharing a lot of that stuff with you guys today so sit back relax get your favorite beverage if it's a cup of coffee, if it's a cup of tea, a nice soda pop, glass of water, whatever. Smoke a cigar, do whatever you got to do because this, oh, you're going to love this. This is good stuff. This is going to be a lot of fun. And plus, we're also going to discuss a little bit later on in the show uh, of what does this mean for St. Louis? What does it mean for the future of football in St. Louis? We're going to touch all of that stuff. We're gonna, we're really going to get after it today. But first, a couple of house cleaning things. I need to make sure that I touch base with you. Obviously, you're watching this on Gateway City Sports. This is Derek King, myself, from the Derek King Sports Show studios. Uh, and the one thing that I want to talk to you guys about is that we're also putting this out on podcasts too, as well for those who cannot watch this live make sure you go over to Apple podcasts uh, you know iTunes whatever it is that you use we're over there on captivate too as well we put the show up on the uh, on the website over at gateway sports.com. so that way you guys can listen to it if you're at a job or you know you do something outside loud noises whatever and you just put the earbuds in and that's how you roll that's that's how I do it whenever I'm outside I'm doing work. I listen to podcasts all the time so that we make sure that that format's there for you. I also want to plug to we have a new show out on Gateway City Sports called Yakker Jacks, and that is hosted by the one and only Brian Swope over from at Gateway City Sports. I was a guest on his uh, inaugural show, the launch of his show. Yacker Jacks, again, uh, we talked a little bit about this subject matter over on that, so make sure you go over and you check that out. You add them on Twitter, Yacker Jacks on Twitter, uh, and they have the show link right there. It's good to go. We're going to make sure that we get that up on the website today, and get everything going. So let's get going. I've wasted enough of your guys' time uh, with all of that stuff. We're going to touch on a few other things, too, as well. So... We are going to go and, you know, we haven't done this yet. We're going to do our NFL transition because we haven't done it yet. So l- let's go. Hey, everybody. This is Derek King with the Derek King Sports Show. We all know how important it is to stay protected. Sometimes life throws you a curve, and that's why you need Allstate. The Wiley Group has two locations in Festus and Arnold to serve you. They offer home, auto, boat, motorcycle, business, life insurance, investments, and so much more. They offer a customized approach that is unique to your situation to make sure that you, your family, and assets are properly protected. They also offer great rates and savings. Give Sean and his team a call today at 636-764-6294 they'll help you with an insurance quote right over the phone even give them a call if you just want to talk sports <laughs> they do that too we all have busy lives so you can also email sean at sean and talk to him about your coverage options and remember you're in good hands with allstate All right, we should be good to go. We got that audio added in. I wanted to be able to do split screen and show you guys kind of what's going on. Uh, We'll probably go to the full interview page. And again, my apologies for that not being in there. Uh, I don't know why it just wasn't. So what I was discussing is I actually have the physical file with all of the depositions well, um, a majority of them and at least a majority of the certain particular arguments that are being made in the case that state the position of the NFL and the Rams. And this is stuff that supposedly sh- had shown the NFL and the Rams in good light, so to speak. Uh, I don't know how that's possible, but it, the supposedly it does. So what we're going to do is we're gonna get in and we are going to pull this up here because this is the actual file. And I've got to resize this for you guys to make make it fit into this little window here and it just does not fit the same way. But this is the file that I have right here in my computer. Um, This is the file with all of the documents. Documents upon documents upon documents upon documents that was sent to me by my contact um and has let me know that this is legit information. This was stuff that was uh, used in the court case against the NFL. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to jump over to the full interview page here, so that way you guys might be able to get a better look at this thing. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Um, we're just going to go ahead and blow this up a little bit. My apologies for the the sizing. But this is just some of this just trove of information that has come out, like I said, pages and pages and pages of depositions um, and things of that nature that are in there. I'm going to be writing an article on this, and I'm going to actually link this entire file so that way you guys can go through it and you can see every single bit of information. You're going to be able to access it. You're going to be able to read it. You're going to be able to read Stan Kroenke's deposition, portions of it, uh, Eric Grubman's portions portions of his deposition, so on and so forth. Uh, Pash, there's, there's lots of people that are, uh, their depositions are in here. And I want you guys to be able to read that. So there is that information. I just wanted to put that out for you guys. So that way, you know, I ain't kidding you. I got the info. So here's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to actually physically pull up some of these documents, and we're going to kind of go through uh, a few of them that I feel are pretty pretty damning. Pretty damning. And one of the biggest ones was a, I believe it was a deposition um, that they had had. And remember, again, all of this information that I had received was... Pro Rams, pro NFL. And the excuse that the Rams used to be able to relocate out of the St. Louis market back to L.A., which they had left behind a long time prior to, uh, and the reason that they were the better option over the Raiders and the Chargers, which obviously now in hindsight uh, in the future, we know that there's a lot of variables there in play that, that we didn't know and didn't understand. But now we know, and now we've kind of gone through that entire stuff. And like I said, again, lots of documents. I got to dig through to be able to find the specific, um, documents. And one of them was, uh, the deposition from art Rooney, the second who art Rooney, if you don't know who art Rooney is, he is the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, one of the questions was uh in the deposition of his and i want to make sure that i'm i'm on the main page of it uh, it was being questioned by mr blitz bob blitz it stated is my question is did you have conversations with any of the owners or the NFL not what conversations with any of the owners or the NFL or I, i'm sorry i got lost there for a second not what conversations Mr. Cronkey or the Rams may have had with St. Louis personnel I'm asking you if you have heard or have had any conversations with the owners or the NFL uh, that they told you they had informed the plaintiffs in this case or the proponents of the stadium to build a stadium in LA that Stan intended and that's where it gets cut off See, we only got bits and pieces of these things. That's a question I would really love to see answered. Uh, It goes on further. A couple of the questions that I found interesting was on the second page of his deposition that I had. Um, And it said, question, did your recommendation of the Carson site have anything to do with any concerns or any hesitation about the Rams' compliance with the relocation guidelines? Because if you remember, the six-person team that was on the owners that were voting on the relocation uh and they all voted in favor five out of six voted in favor of the carson project uh art rooney was one of those people it didn't have anything to do with the relocation guidelines and rams not being in compliance his answer was no which is not necessarily true uh question what was the basis of For your belief and determination that the Rams could relocate consistent with the relocation guidelines. His answer was, well, primarily the concern that there was not a firm stadium deal available in St. Louis at that point in time. Hmm. Interesting. Knowing everything that we know now, his answer was, well, primarily the concern that there was not a firm stadium deal available in St. Louis at that point in time. You already had an existing stadium, And you had a stadium task force that spent $16 million on a massively taxpayer-funded second stadium in 20 years, and it wasn't firm enough for you? Okay, I'm not buying that. It goes on. Question, did you assess in your evaluation the extent to which the Rams had sought to address the stadium situation in St. Louis before seeking to relocate? His answer was, I mean, that was part of the discussion, yes. Yes the this just there's a lot of this information in here that does not look good on the Rams. Another one question was Saint. Louis before seeking to relocate was the only section that I had um, and that's where it was a question that was asked by the defense. And at that point in time, Mr. Blitz had objected and said that this is the same irrelevant stuff that we're talking about. It's not talking about the lease and the arbitration. Uh, And they stated for Mr. Rooney to go ahead uh, and answer. Uh, He said, well, and this was Rooney's answer to that portion of that question well i mean we were aware that you know going back i believe as far as 2012 or 2013 that the rams had gone through an arbitration process that would have extended their lease and improved the existing stadium and then you know there were after that point explorations about the new stadium that were discussed before all of this information it's still if it's if this stuff is pro rams and pro nfl how is it that even as I'm reading it, yeah, I'm biased, I get it, but how is it that it still looks bad on the NFL and the Rams, irregardless of, of the situation? Right? Um, so this is the commissioner's report that I'm reading from right now that was filed um on June 9th of 2021 in the city of St. Louis, uh for the city of st louis on on the court uh and there's a lot of really good information in this and i'm going to touch on a few of those things that we want to uh really discuss because it's really pertinent information and this is the st louis market certain objective factors certain objective factors specific proposal Open air stadium, 62,110 capacity, completion targeted for 2019 season, $1.1 billion estimated cost. This is all the stadium task force was working on. State and city was going to cough up $355 million of taxpayer money. Think about that for a second. We were going to cough up. We paid nearly $300 million for the dome that we're still paying off and they wanted to cough up another 355 million for this project and it wasn't good enough the club league and psls would have kicked in another 755 million dollars for the club and the league and the uh, that's nothing Stan Kroenke could have... Listen, I go back in time, and I will state it again. I will beat this horse to death. Stan Kroenke could have spent $750 million to stay in the city of St. Louis, been the savior of football, had a bronze statue made of him outside of the new stadium, wherever it was going to be built, and he would have been uh, just put on a pedestal as the greatest uh, owner in St. Louis sports and everything else. But no, he decided to go out to L.A., and spend billions upon billions upon billions of dollars, run himself into debt, take on all this legal mumbo-jumbo and nonsense for the, uh, what, for to be in LA? I, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I, and I can almost reassure you, in hindsight, had he had known, going back in time, that it was going to end up being like this, I, I can almost bet you that he would not do the same thing again. He would not do the same thing again. No way. Ain't going to happen. So it goes on. Let's continue, because there's a lot of really juicy information. You guys got to hear this stuff. So we figured out 355 for the state and city, 755 for the club and the league and the PSLs. Rent would have been $1.5 million, escalating 3% per year. So $1.5 million per year which is, you know, right around the league average of what teams are paying now. The team is responsible for operating costs, maintenance, capital improvements. The team receives all revenue. Think about that. The team receives all revenues. So It's, it's almost like they own it without really having to own it. Team must accommodate Major League Soccer team. That was another factor. And now we know with the MLS team, uh, St. Louis City SC, that's coming in and will be playing in, what, 2022, 2023, I think, now that they've pushed it out a year. And that beautiful new stadium that they're building uh, right there in downtown St. Louis, that that's not uh, an issue anymore. After PSL's club league investment of ni- $595 million, so these are some of these certain objective factors. It goes on. Length of time, Edward Jones dome lease deficiency work began in 2002. Now, think about this. The Edward Jones lease deficiency work began in 2002. How is that true? How is that possible? That, that, that it started work in 2002. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, beyond a fact, that there were very little to no discussions. There was some back and forth about, hey, we're going to extend this and we're going to do this and do that and all these other things. But there was no legitimate conversations about lease efficiency. None whatsoever. I know that unequivocally for a fact. I will die on that hill. The lease spells out specific rules for engagement. The lease did do that to a certain extent, which the Rams did not participate in, and neither did Stan Kroenke. Uh, they did the bare absolute minimum of what they had to do to meet certain criterion to relocate. It didn't mean that they had done what the relocation guidelines, which keeps them out of antitrust lawsuit, it keeps them out of court for that, for antitrust. They didn't even meet that. Not even close. Not even close. Arbitration process was won by the Rams. That's a fact. It was run won by the Rams to the tune of somewhere around seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred million dollars. I can't remember specifically, it might be seven hundred seventy. Uh, but yes, it was run won by the Rams. I believe that was at the end of twenty twelve, I believe right around the beginning of twenty thirteen, which was almost immediate around the time that Stan Kronke bought property. Listen, I have bought and sold so many pieces of property over my lifetime. These things don't happen overnight. They take time. And especially with buying a massive property like the former Hollywood race park that he bought to now build SoFi Stadium on, you cannot tell me that did not take months, if not years, in the making to be able to do. Looking at it, going over specs, going over build plans, looking at... Uh, all sorts of different permits and regulations that you have to meet. There's no way. So let's go into it a little bit further. Contingencies and risk. This is on the St. Louis front. City financing contingent on $300 million G4, which from that scathing memo that I put out in past articles, dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Um, And I also believe that I touched on it a little bit on the NFL cartel article over on gatewaycitysports.com. That they did not like that very much, but they offered the same deal to San Diego and Oakland. Doesn't make any sense, right? State legislators threatening action. Yes, the state legislators were threatening action. Uh, The new governor, uh, they state a new governor election in 2016, which it was blatantly obvious that everybody knew that Jay Nixon was probably not going to be the governor at the time. Uh, for one reason or another, likelihood of significant cost overruns and litigation. These are the contingencies and risks of not uh, of building in St. Louis and not building in St. Louis. Litigation, key factor right there. Let's let's hang our hat on that for a second. The St. Louis market, certain objective factors. This is, mind you, guys, this and gals, this is all inside NFL information. This is classified documents that they do not want you to see. This is what they had in the owner's meeting. Think about that for a second. This is what they had in the owner's meeting. This is sensitive information that the NFL does not want you to see. So they go into... Uh, certain objective factors and the Rams illustration based on task force projections and how much money they're going to make versus how much money they're going to lose. Uh, there's the, and numbers can be stacked any way that you want to make it look any particular way that you want it to. The fact of the matter is, is the Rams were doing everything that they could to get out of the St. Louis market. And that's just all that it, that it necessarily was. The incumbent market summary. So this is a market summary of St. Louis, Oakland, and San Diego. So keep that in mind at the time. These statements bullet pointed. All clubs have engaged for significant time. Clubs must be able to investigate alternatives. Exceptional public notice. Public sector acknowledgement of serious stadium shortfalls. Ample opportunities given to three cities to develop proposals and present their views. Direct access given to league staff and committees. Clubs should not be forced into speculative alternatives. Return on required investment must be considered. Wow. Okay. That's pretty, you know, you're, you're really, you're going after it there. To, to state that these are the incumbent. Well, we know that's a load of crap, you know, from from a St. Louis market standpoint, from Oakland standpoint, from San Diego standpoint. We know that the Oakland and San Diego had sufficient time. St. Louis did not. St. Louis had months. Now, they, they could say, oh, you go back 2002 and knew it was deficient and you needed to get on the ball then. Bull. You, I mean – Anybody with a brain knew that that lease was a sweetheart lease. They knew that it was an escape clause. The Rams did not they, the Rams did not want to get out of that lease. They wanted to stay in that lease until they left because it gave them what they felt was the, the best opportunity to leave. So they talk about they go into the Los Angeles opportunity summary and just tote how amazing that it is. They go into the, uh, this is all in the documents, the sources and uses for one team for the Rams on the Hollywood Park site. And mind you, all this documentation is from 2015 into 2016 uh, that they rated this information. And obviously pre-COVID, not knowing what those uh, specific uh, projections were. Now, the one thing that I want to get back into is the the St. Louis stuff and the Ram and Rams and NFL's attempt to completely debunk the possibility of St. Louis working in any specific content. You know, they tried everything that they could to make St. Louis look bad because they wanted to go to LA. They did not want the Raiders and the, the San Diego chargers. I'm going to continue to call them that. Uh, But the chargers to relocate, they didn't want that, but obviously, you know, Raiders are now in Las Vegas, Chargers are now in Los Angeles. Let's talk. You know, they have a a panel here for the legal report. No documentation there whatsoever. I would have loved to have seen that for the legal report. The voting procedures. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that's missing. Um, now, the relocation fee uh, of what they discussed, it's a lot of mumbo jumbo. Uh, there's a lot of numbers and percentages, and uh, how local revenues are determined by conforming statements and subjected to statements such as naming rights sold that third party would be included, waived VTS related to G four alone would be excluded. It's a lot of mumbo jumbo. A lot of mumbo jumbo that I'm not going to bore you you folks to death with because it's just going to you you're not you're going to tune out. and You're not going to want to listen to it. So one of the other things that I wanted to get into. And I'm, and I'm scrolling through all of this as fast as I can to be able to get to that, uh, get out of the Chargers and Raiders assessments and things of that nature because we're talking about St. Louis. We're not talking about those. Um, progress background reports. Okay, the St. Louis overview. This is what we all want to hear, right? This is what we want to hear. So now, mind you, keep this in your mind. This is pro Rams, pro NFL, Keep this in your mind. St. Louis overview. Authority required by lease to maintain Edward Jones Dome in a, quote, first tier standard. In February 2013, an independent arbitration panel ruled in favor of the team's renovation plan to meet, quote, first tier standard. Authority's subsequent election not to undertake the necessary renovation resulted in its breach of the lease. Okay, that's pretty clear cut. Breach resulted in lease being converted to an annual tenancy following the 2015 season and a right of the team to relocate. Eh, Wrong. It did convert to an annual tenancy following the 2015 season. It does not give the team the right to relocate necessarily. There are certain factors in that. Obviously in the relocation guidelines, as they call them, it states very specifically that clubs and the NFL are to do everything that they can to try to make a solution solvable in a particular market. They had no intentions, none, of doing that in St. Louis. They went completely radio silent. Stan Kroenke, obviously silent. Stan, Uh, Kevin Demoff going to uh, basically everything from 2010 coming up uh, I believe he came on in on 2010 whenever Kroenke had bought the team, uh, had went to uh, fan meetups and, and emailed fans and lied to them blatantly and got fans to re-up season tickets and and to actually uh, upgrade season tickets based on the fact of telling the fans that we're staying here in St. Louis, we're not going anywhere, we're going to do everything we can to stay here, and lied to the fans. That's the fraud. That's the fraud portion of it. And as you get further down into it, you find a lot of antitrust. A lot. It goes on. Relocation would still require league approval. In November 2014, Governor Jay Nixon appointed a stadium task force for the purpose of developing a stadium proposal. Task force developed a proposal that has received support of the governor and the city. It goes into the stadium overview, talk about the configuration, how many club seats, luxury suites, parking, on-site and off-site. The parking really interested me because that's one of the biggest complaints that I had about the Ed was on-site and off-site parking. They had 43, almost forty three, almost 4,500 uh, with an option of 600 uh, future option on-site parking. And then they had 18,000 off-site parking. That's pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good. Um, 1.74 million square foot multi-purpose open-air stadium designed by HOK, targeted for completion in 2019. Uh, they give out a map design of the Riverfront Stadium, you know, right just uh, to the east of the dome right up there at the Riverfront. Um, they also go through and talk about the key stadium terms. And this is what we kind of brushed on but I want to make sure that this information is fresh in everybody's mind to understand the scope of how badly the NFL and the Rams screwed the pooch on this one, that they had a slam dunk. My apologies, I bumped my monitor. They had a slam dunk in the St. Louis market, and they screwed the pooch. Uh, project funding, state and city contribute $355 million from various funding sources, $285 million from state, includes extension from bonds on the original dome tax credit funding event tax bonds and funds to spend to date amount reduced by 45 million from team rent 70 million from the city Hmm. you know that sounds like a pretty good deal to me i mean if i'm you know somebody's offering me 355 million team contributes at least 295 million so think about that stan Kroenke and the team would only have to have contributed $295 million out-of-pocket initially. NFL contributes $300 million uh, via the G4 additional support program, $160.4 million from the sale of seat licenses, PSLs, guaranteed by team, team responsible for cost overruns, which... You know, We all know that he's well, r- responsible for it now. Team receives rebate uh, of the city, 5% amusement tax on Rams game tickets, estimated NPV uh, of $65 million over the lease. Team believes project is of the type that should qualify for an exemption from the amusement tax. The key lease terms is that it's authority-owned, so the, the St. Louis CBC, which is now Explore St. Louis and Everything, own it, the minimum 30-year lease term, team enters a non-relocation agreement, which the, the Rams in the NFL were not going to do. Team responsible for all stadium operations and maintenance and capital improvements. Team pays annual rent of $1.5 million, 3% escalation. Team receives uh, stadium revenues. We kind of covered all this stuff before in, in the earlier slide. They talk about the sources and the uses and things of that nature. This is all information that you have to have to be able to ascertain a vision or an idea of what it is that they're trying to do. Key issues and risks. This is a really interesting one. Significant number of state legislators have expressed a lack of support for, if not outright opposition to, proposed public funding. I can only name a few. There wasn't a whole lot. Okay, there was only a few. They tried to make it sound like there was a large sum. No, there was not. There was very, very minimal. Projected market potential may not justify substantial private investment required, including ongoing cost of operations and capital improvements. Hmm. So the Missouri market, Missouri, Illinois, Iowa, Arkansas, uh, you know, portion of Tennessee, portion of Kentucky, that wasn't good enough, and it doesn't justify substantial private investment Hmm. look at the people that are leaving on mass out of california right now the fact that the state is in a perpetual state of bankruptcy financial issues uh all sorts of problems out there in california but yet no that's that's okay yeah yeah la is great because we have 13.8 million people out there in la blah, blah 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 uh it's guys tv money they don't have to put an ass in a seat out there. Not one. And they make billions in TV revenue. That's what this, that's what this new NFL is. Let's go forward. League required to provide $100 million more in support than maximum provided under league policy. So, that's what you offered San Diego and Oakland right after the fact that you thumbed your double-barreled middle fingers at us in St. Louis and said, "No, that's completely flies in the face. I'm ad-libbing here of the G4 agreement." Team being presented with an offer that is less favorable than what the current stadium lease required. What did the, what did the lease require? The lease required arbitration. And if the arbitration was in the Rams' favor or the, the city's favor, that they would do one or the other. And if any other side didn't want to do it, then the Rams could go year to year. And they could look at the potential of relocating, but they had to do it within the guidelines, which they did not meet blatantly. So that's an outright uh, bunk excuse. Adequacy of construction budget. Adequacy of the construction budget i I don't i don't understand their their philosophy and their mentality of how they approach these assessments It's almost like they're reaching up into the clouds and just pulling them out of nowhere they don't make any sense executed naming rights deal without club involvement so they own it why would it why would it mean anything with the club if the CBC or Explore St. Louis owns it. It just doesn't make any sense. They go into the two-team of Stadia Co. thing, blah, blah, blah. They talk about the financial risk uh, considerations. High debt levels. Reliance on a large PSL program and high revenue projections needed to support the proposed permanent financing increases the overall financial risk of the project. He goes on to state, committee has required other teams assuming greater risk as part of debt ceiling waivers to provide certain mitigations to manage risk. Vikings guaranteed PSL sales of $121 million. 49ers committed up to $200 million. In escrow, as safeguard against funding shortfalls, the Falcons committed up to $200 million in the same type of deal. Club's plan is for owners' equity to cover all or any shortfalls. Isn't that what he's doing in LA right now? Huh? Hmm, maybe. Maybe not. Huh? I don't know. Am I stupid? Do I have dumb written across my forehead? No, that's STL because that's what winners wear. Okay? World champions, right? World champions wear this. I don't have stupid written across my head. I have STL. That's right. Live, breathe, sleep Die, STL, period. And Stan Kroenke wants to sit here and talk, and a Rams organization in the NFL wants to talk about the club's plan for owner equities to cover any all shortfalls. He's doing that now. He's covering billions in shortfalls. He's covering hundreds of millions of dollars in legal fees for every single team in the league. He is absolutely taking it on the chin. But that was then, this is now. Hindsight's 2020, as we always say. It's always 100%. It's nice to be able to look back in the past and say, oh, golly gosh, gee whiz, I wish I could have done that. It goes on. Trust me, guys, it just gets juicier and juicier. The deeper and deeper we get into this, the more and more you're going to love it. You're just going to absolutely eat this up. Considerations for discussion. Possible guarantee against shortfall on projected PSL proceeds or pledged revenue sources for Stadco, Stadium Co, uh, financing. Overall limit on stadium debt. 30-year permanent stadium financing proposed. Club agrees that debt waiver will be limited to 25 years. Uh, They go in to talk about the Oakland overview. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that's kind of somewhat understandable, but a lot of BS there too, as well. They go into the key deals of the, uh, the Carson deal, the key issues and the risks. They talk about debt ceilings. Uh, let's look at the debt ceilings here for a second and just kind of give you an idea on, uh, on pay down. You know what? We won't get too deep into that. There's a lot of information there and, there's, there's terms and percentages. I don't want to bore you guys to death with that kind of stuff. Let's just get let's get down to some real juicy stuff. One of the other things, and I'm just going to go ahead and go through all of these and get to, here we go. This is the biggie. This is the biggie. You guys are going to love this. Are you ready? I hope you're sitting down. And if you're not sitting down, you need to be. Get ready for this. The CSL Existing uh, Market project- Predictions. Okay, these are the existing market predictions, predictions on revenue. Okay. In Oakland, PSLs, season tickets and luxury suites, same thing as St. Louis and San Diego. Personal PSLs, season tickets and luxury suites. PSLs in Oakland would range on the low side from $126.5 million to on the high side $145.7 million on PSLs. Season tickets would be uh, 38.8 on the low. 49, let's just call it 50 on the high. Luxury suites, 11 mil. High, 14 mil. San Diego is higher considerably than Oakland. 155 mil on the low side, 228.5 on the personal seat. PSL. Season tickets... 45 million on the low side, 65.7, let's just call it 65.8 on the high side. Luxury suites, 15.8 on the low side, 19, let's just call it 20. It's 19.8. Let's call it 20 million on the high side. Let's get to St. Louis. On PSLs, 189 million on the low side, 204.4 million on the high side. That's a little bit low on the high side, but it's higher on the low side than San Diego and Oakland considerably. Season tickets, $56.7 million on the low side, $62 million on the high side. It's a little bit lower on the high side, but it's higher on the low side. Luxury suites, a little bit lower on the low side, $13.3 million. $16.6 million. St. Louis either beats all three or comes in a very close second place to San Diego in a majority of market projections. But they just said earlier, you guys heard me, right? Was I I speaking incorrectly? Was I speaking wrong? Whenever they said in that past slide that the market didn't dictate? The market didn't dictate. Well, if the market didn't dictate, where are these numbers coming from? that's better than in a majority of cases than the other two markets that moved because it's bull. It's bull. You guys know it. I know it. It's bull. Period. I'm not going to get into the stadium overviews for LA and all that stuff. We already know the entire situation. We've already covered the key stadium deals on St. Louis. A couple of things that I want to cover is these memos uh, uh, from Kevin Demoff going to the CBC, the Civic Visitor Center, uh, at a time now, uh, Explore St. Louis. Uh, and by the way, I apologize to all you folks out there that are in the comment section. Tear it up. Go after it. I I have too much information in here to share with you guys. I can't deviate from this. I want to make sure that I'm getting all this information to you guys, but which will be available to you here soon. Very, very soon. Okay. This is a letter, memo, whatever you want to say. I'll call it a letter. That is to Kevin Dimoff from James F. Shrewsbury and Brian McCurdy, Chairman and Executive Director of the CBC. Okay. Okay. Dear Mr. Demoff, this was dated May 6 of 2013. I'm writing beha- on behalf of the interested parties in response to your May 6, 2013, letter to the St. Louis Convention and Visitors Commission (CBC), in which the St. Louis Rams LLC gives written notice to the CBC to take responsible or reasonable steps to obtain financing for and otherwise implement the improvements to the facilities and each component of the facilities in ordinance with the arbitrator's decision please be advised that the interested parties have determined that it would not be prudent to implement the edward jones dome alteration suggested in the arbitrators march 20 2013 final award which is basically saying we don't agree with it and we're not going to do it any decisions in this regard must be made in a manner consistent with the interested party's fiduciary responsibilities to the taxpayers. He doesn't say that, but I'm I'm adding that. But fiduciary responsibilities and with the taxpayers' best interests in mind. It appears from your letter that sh- should steps not be taken by a date certain to implement these alterations, the Rams intend quote, to exercise any and all rights and remedies the Rams may have at law or in equity or under the lease, end quote. However, it should be noted that the interested parties continue to be open to engaging in meaningful dialogue from the Rams, which, res- which respects the taxpayer's best interests, recognized, recognizes, and inter- the interested parties financial limitations, and addresses the team's responsible needs. Please feel free to contact me at your convenience should you want to engage in such dialogues. The interested parties stand ready. Okay, that sounds pretty open, right? I'm a negotiator. I like to negotiate. Um, so there, there you go. This is a letter from uh, the one and only Kitty Ratcliffe. Okay, so Kathleen Ratcliffe, and uh, you know CC to a a bunch of other individuals, including James Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, and uh, Mayor, uh, former Mayor Francis Slay, and a few others. Dear Kevin. I am in receipt of your letter dated May 6, 2013, regarding the above described manner. As you know, the St. Louis Convention and Visitors Commission, (CVC) operates the facilities under an operating lease with its, with its owners, the city of St. Louis, the county of St. Louis, and the state of Missouri, the sponsors. Through the Regional Convention and Sports Complex Authority, a public body, corporate, and politic of the state of Missouri. As the CBC is not the owner of the facilities, the sponsors have the ultimate financial responsibility for any improvements. It is my understanding that Mr. James R. Shrewsbury, person of the regional chairperson of the Regional Convention and Sports Complex Authority, by letter dated July third, twenty thirteen, has informed you. That was a letter we just read earlier. That the sponsors have concluded. Quote, it would not be prudent to implement the Edward Jones Dome improvements suggested in the arbitrator's March uh, 2013 final award. Consequently, the CVC is not in a position to commit to the St. Louis Rams LLC regarding the financing or as to otherwise implementing such improvements. Capitalized terms not otherwise defined shall have the meanings in the lease and amnexes as amended. Also indicated by Mr. Shrewsbury's letter, the sponsors continue to be open to dialogue and we hope you entertain this request. We remain committed to working with you as we set forth the terms of our least sincerely, Kathleen Kitty Radcliffe. This is a letter, confidential, hand delivery only. Comes from the desk of, Kevin <coughs> them off. Oh, sorry. I had <coughs> must be allergies. <coughs> you know, it happens. Uh, this is listed to Kitty Ratcliffe. Dear Kitty, this is a follow up to your letter dated Ju- uh, July 3rd of 2013. St. Louis Convention and Visitors Commission CBC responding to my letter dated of May 6th of the St. Louis. Rams LLC giving notice under section 5.1 of Annex 1 as amended by the... A lot of legal mumbo jumbo. Let's cut through the crap. Um, in the CBC's July 3rd uh, response, to the CBC advised the Rams that the, quote, interested parties have determined that it would not be prudent to implement the Edward Jones alteration suggested in the arbitrator's March 20, 2013 final award, end quote. This statement is confirmed by the letter on the July the 3rd from the St. Louis CBC. Thus, both CVC and RSA acknowledge that the CVC is not taking reasonable steps to obtain financing for and otherwise implement the improvements determined by the arbitrator's decision to be necessary to meet the first-tier standards as the 2015 first-tier measuring date. As a result, the Rams are entitled to exercise any and all rights and remedies the Rams may have under law or in equity under the lease, including with or without limitation. The right, under or including without limitation, not with or without, without limitation, the right under the lease to negotiate and execute a lease with any person or entity and to relocate from the facilities after March 1st of 2015. Defined terms not otherwise defined herein have the meanings in the notice dated May 6 2013. And the lease and the annexes thereof and any amendments to the lease, blah, 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 blah. It goes on. The Rams' uh, rights to include the right under Section 16, blah, 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 at least blah, 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 a lot of mumbo-jumbo. But basically what you're getting out of this is we intend to leave. We're not staying. We don't want to talk to you. Uh, it's, It's very clear that the RSA and the CBC made it ultra clear that they are ready and willing to have open conversations with the Rams, um uh, and their entities, but there's just no interest there from the Ram side. This is a taped deposition that I'm going to read to you from on Stan Crocky. So bite your tongue, hold on to your seat, uh, because there's not a ton here. There's multiple, multiple pages. There's over a hundred pages of this first deposition. Of Stan Kroenke, there's, uh, from what I see, about 208 pages. They only gave me a couple of pages of this. Page 15. The other 1% of ITB that we mentioned before, is that the own, uh that is owned to your family, or family trust? Yes, I think it's my two children. Do you have title position with the Rams football club? His answer was, I think, like with most LLCs, I think it's more of a manner of style than, he dances around the subject. He's the owner. I know. I have LLCs. Multiple, okay? Don't don't give me that crap. I know, all right? I know. So don't try to dance around a subject matter in court. They got you dead to rights on that one, Cronky. They ask him what his duties are as the principal controlling owner of the Rams and what it uh, relates to. Uh Bob Blitz asked a question. Mr. Cronkey. let me ask you this. Prior to Exhibits 24, which we do not know what Exhibit 24 was, did you talk to any of the NFL owners about your relation uh, relocating to L.A.? His answer, prior to October of 2013. Bob Blitz, right? Cronkey. prior to October 2013, I did. did I ever talk to anyone, any owner, about the opportunity or the option to move to L.A.? I think I probably did. Another question from Bob was, okay, do you know how many of the owners you talked to? His answer, no. Prior to October of 2013, did you talk to anybody about relocating? I probably did. That's that's a very <clears throat> significant window. We have depositions in here, in here from Mayor Francis Slay. That's nearly 250. Now, mind you, that Cronky interview was just one of, I believe, two uh, that was done on depositions. We have depositions in here from Jeff Rainford. We have depositions in here from Roger Goodell. We have the uh, the relocation agreements. We have so much information in here that it's absolutely damning. Damning. To the NFL, it's other 31 principal owners, including Stan Kroenke. What does this mean? This is where we're going to go into it. This is where we're really going to talk about the nuts and bolts of what's going to happen here. This sets a precedent against the NFL and all 32 teams. And what's going to happen going forward in the future and how they do business They're not going to be able to steamroll cities anymore. They won't. They can't. You know, the situation with the Jacksonville Jaguars and what's going on now down there in Florida and the constant rumors of relocation to London, it ain't going to happen. I'll hang my hat on it. I'll put my reputation on the line to say they're not going to London. Here's why. Logistically, the NFL, and I have it on very, very, very good inside information that the NFL has not figured out the logistical nightmare that revolves around having a team in London. What do players want? How are they going to acclimate to the situation? How are you going to play over here in the States and go back? Time changes, currency exchange, all of it. Taxes. The whole nine yards. How are they going to make that work? Well, the report that came out here a couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, somewhere around that vicinity, was this. NFL's NFL is now exploring options to playing games in Germany. Well, what? Ding, 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 ding. Winner, winner, winner. No whammies. And the, the great Mr. Arlington Lane can attest for that. No whammies. This is what the NFL is doing, going forward. This is what they're doing. They are going to make another NFL Europe. They're going to do. That's where they're going. It may take ten years. It may take fifteen years. That's the direction that they're headed with this new system because they've realized logistically they can't figure it out, right? How do you solve that problem? You put four or eight teams over in London. You build the fan bases here over the next 10, 15 years. You have teams play in Germany. You have teams playing in London. You have teams play in Spain. You have teams playing on so on and so forth. You build that core fan base. It's going to take 10, 15 years. Once you do that, then you can have independent teams over there that are playing in their own league that eventually sometime in the future, 2050-ish, whatever, you could end up having everything over here in the United States, everything over there in Europe. They play in their own divisions. They might have one inner, you know, inner league game, interconference game, whatever you want to call it, to where they're going to have one big team from over in the States play over there with one big team and really draw big money, draw big numbers. That's where they're going. I'll hang my hat on it. That's a fact. So that if that's where the NFL is going going into the future what does that mean? What does that mean for St. Louis? What did it mean for Cleveland in 1995? Need I remind people of of my experience with that. Right? I mean, what do I what what else do I need to do? What else do I need to say? I know everything about that lawsuit. How it worked, how it went down, who was involved, all of it. And the NFL settled. The NFL gave them a team. It's, it, it's it's interesting to me, it's funny to me, that, you know, just certain uh, key factors, and I'm just kind of scrolling through this, uh, this paperwork, too, uh, looking at all of these documents from the Cleveland lawsuit from 95, and what that pertained, and what that meant, um, and what that currently means to St. Louis. The NFL, the Rams, they want you to believe that St. Louis, the St. Louis market, the St. Louis region is not suitable enough to support an NFL team. They want you to believe that. That's bunk. Absolute bunk. Look at Jacksonville. 850,000, 900,000 people in the city core. Right? Metro area, it's probably about what? A million and a half, close to two, something in that out outlying area. St. Louis has nearly three and a half in their metro. Let's not talk about City Core. Let's talk about Metro. Three and a half that nearly doubles up on Jacksonville. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. You know, with you know Lawrence and you know and all these you know, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow, what they're going to do with all that down there. Um, but St. Louis is still a bigger market. St. Louis is a bigger market than green Bay. St. Louis is a bigger market than Buffalo. St. Louis is a bigger market than, um, if not close to it's, it's right there tied with San Diego. Uh, it's a bigger market than, um, let's see, just off the top of my head, uh, it's it's getting pretty close there with Charlotte uh, and all that other stuff. They're starting to really take off. Atlanta's gotten really big. Dallas has gotten really big. There's other markets that have gotten really big over the last few years. Phoenix is another big one. It's just exploded. You know, everybody retiring, folks going out there. The you know the great uh, Howard Balzer, he moved out there. Uh, you know, kind of semi-retired, and moved out there. He's covering the uh, Arizona Cardinals, former St. Louis Big Red. You know, there's some good markets. There's some big markets out there that that have potential to make some serious money and, and to really be on the cusp of doing it. But whatever the NFL tells you, we just read the documents, guys. They talked out of both sides of their mouth during that their own pre- presentation to the league. It's their own presentation, and they lied out of both corners of their mouths. I have depositions in here in this case file that I'm going to be sharing with you guys soon that document proof that the Rams, the NFL, and everybody else knew prior to the arbitration hearing that the Rams were already exploring options to relocate, which was vehemently against the rules of the lease. Period. We we can go round and round on this bush all day long, and we can beat it to death. And I promise you, I promise you that it's going to open some eyes. It's really going to wake some people up to what really went on during that time period. You know, it really surprises me on a personal level. I had this conversation with a, with a good friend the other day, and the question was was brought up to me about this particular subject matter that. The question was, why is it that I don't get a lot of brushback from fans, uh, from from people that, you know, because you, the, there's always, there, there's the haters, there's the haters, they're hating over here, they're hating over there. You know, there's there's always those people, right? And you, you get them. That's fine. I don't care. People have their opinion. I really don't care. It does not bother me. But it kind of surprises me that there's not more. And I even had kind of brought that up. I said, you know, it was really surprising that there hasn't been more uh, pushback uh, towards me, directed towards me, of my steadfast approach and uh, stance on the fact that the NFL screwed St. Louis blatantly outright. They They lied to get out of St. Louis. They lied to get into LA. They're continuing to lie in court. And why, why is it that I haven't gotten a lot more brushback from that? Well, it, I will say a couple of things. And, and to certain friends of mine and, and, and colleagues and everyone in the uh, the podcasting world, the sports writing world that I have had private discussions with have all kind of said the same thing. When you reach a certain point, when your accusations or your assessments of a situation become so close to fact of, of that, as we go along, they start to look back and go, oh, man, what he said thats spot on. Wow, that was right. There's a lot of information. Yes, I have gotten inside sources on. There's a lot of people that are afraid to talk to me now. Why? Maybe it's because I tell you guys what's really the truth and what's really going on. Maybe that has something to do with the fact that they're being told not to. I don't know. But I can tell you this. We're really close. We're knocking on their front door and they don't like it. We're getting information that is very specific about this lawsuit, what it involves with the NFL, how it's going to hurt the NFL, how it's going to hurt the Rams. This is This is a big deal. And... Uh, when I have other people in bigger forms of media, I'm, I'm like, you know, we, we always, uh, this goes to the the great dirty one himself in Arlington Lane over on the XFL STL show. They talk about it all the time. Small potatoes, right? Small potatoes. The, the big boys, they don't give a crap about us. Small podcasters, us local guys, whomever, they don't care. We're small potatoes. Arlington, he's in the chat right now. I know you, brother. I know you're in there. You know what I'm talking about when I say small potatoes. Why is it that anybody from a major network or anything gives two craps about somebody like me? I don't work for Fox. I don't work for CBS. I don't work for Sirius Radio. I don't have, you know, I'm not Colin Cowherd you know, go from ESPN over to Fox. Oh, I'm not Dan Patrick. I'm, I'm not Pat McAfee. I love Pat McAfee. I love, love Pat McAfee to death. But it's funny. It's really funny to me that when you start shaking the tree, people get spooked. They get scared and then they start distancing themselves from you or they're just like oh sh- sh- we don't talk about that person or oh, we don't have guys we're, we're shaking the tree we're shaking it real hard and i'm gonna shake it even damn harder you could bet your bottom damn dollar i'm gonna do it i'm gonna shake this son of a gun so hard i'm gonna knock every damn leaf out of it because i want the truth what was that bit a few good men i think was the name of the movie Tom Cruise standing there with Jack Nicholson. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I'm Tom Cruise in that situation, although I'm a hell of a lot taller and bigger, but I'm Tom Cruise in that situation. And Jack Nicholson is the NFL and the other political entities behind it. They don't want you to know the truth. They don't want you to see how the sausage is made. Uh, Yeah, Have you ever heard that saying? People who actually see how the sausage is made, boy, it really turns their stomach they don't ever eat sausage again because they don't like how it's made. Guess what? That's how sausage is made. If you don't like the way it's made, get the hell out of the kitchen because this is the way things are done. The NFL, political people, doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. I don't care about that. It doesn't matter. Hey, this is Derek King with the Derek King Sports Show. We all know buying a vehicle can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. Fist Street Motors, located in Pacific, Missouri, will help you find the vehicle that you need no matter what brand. This Street Motors believes in giving you the best price on a pre-owned vehicle that will fit your budget. Give Brandon or Don a call today at 573-259-1306 and make sure you tell them that Gateway City Sports sent you. Had the fans knew about these memorandums and everything that was going on behind the effing scenes with the city of St. Louis and the Rams and the NFL and all this other BS, do you honestly think for a hot damn second that the fans would have put up with this BS? Do you think you would have done it? Do you think you would have re-upped yours? Randy Carricker, my friend out there, good friend of mine, salt of the earth, one of the best guys out there. Do you think he would have re-upped his season tickets? Going to Kevin Demoff, Kevin Demoff. oh no, trust me, we're not moving, we're not going anywhere. Not only did he re-up his season tickets, not only did he do that, but he even went higher because Kevin Demoff lied to his face. You got city leadership that's not being honest with you. You've got the Lion NFL, the Lion Rams, the Lion Stan Kroenke. There was writing on the wall in Oakland. I love Oakland. Raiders should have stayed in Oakland, but they did need a new stadium. That stadium was an absolute crap hole. Let's just be honest. It was terrible. It was awful. They needed a new stadium there. They had to have it. They weren't getting it. City of Oakland is broke. San Diego ain't broke. San Diego just didn't want to pay. San Diego's got a lot of rich people in it. You been to San Diego? San Diego's really nice. I like San Diego. You ever get a chance, you know, if you ever get a chance, when you go out to California, you visit, go to like Lake Tahoe, Awesome, some 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 of the coolest places out there. Really, really nice places out there. Lake Tahoe, San Diego's a lot of fun. San Diego Zoo. Albert Pujols was just there the other day with his with his family's family. I should say, use my grammars. The fact of the matter is, is St. Louis is not a broken market like the NFL wants to lead you to believe. They want to make you think that that it's a broken market, that it's not good, that it. St. Louis market is still growing. St. Louis City, that's another story for a different day. We don't have to get into that. St. Louis as a market is growing and growing big. It's growing. Fast. Missouri as a market is growing big. It's growing fast. Manufacturing jobs are out the window. When we're gonna talk about infrastructure here real quick, because this plays a big factor into the NFL portion of this. When you have companies that have warehouses and you have logistics and you're shipping, this is the business acumen side of things. Where do they typically want to put those? They want to put them in the Midwest. They want to put them in Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, you know, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Why do they want to put them here? Easy ingress, easy egress. It's just easy in, easy out. Low taxes, really friendly political climate for big companies, make big money. That's where you want to have the heart of your logistics located. There's a couple of things that St. Louis needs to work on. We don't have to get into that. But for any of the NFL or the NFL owners to make a comment or make a statement or make a uh, assessment of the St. Louis market to say that the St. Louis market cannot support three major sports clubs, obviously did not watch a Battle Hawks game, did you? You didn't watch any of the Rams games while they were good, did you? Do you you even watch St. Louis Cardinals games even when they stink? The ratings? The market valuation? Why would the baseball Cardinals still be here? Why would the Blues still be here? Blues just won their first Stanley Cup just here, what, a couple years ago? The fact of the matter remains is that St. Louis is an amazing market. It's a great market. It deserves the respect that it needs. And yes, it can support another NFL franchise, and I think that it will. Does that mean a relocation or does that mean an expansion? I think it's probably closer to an expansion. That's at least preferably that's what I want. Whenever I talk about that kind of stuff, I want expansion. You tell me what you guys want. You tell me what you like. You tell you you give me your thoughts. You tell me Hey Derek, listen, you're full of crap. It's it, the expansion route. It's too hard. There's too many hurdles to jump through. You got to find rich people. You got to do all this other stuff. The easier way is to get another franchise. I'll hear you out, but I'm going to throw some caveats to that. Why would you want to do that when you've already had two teams in the Rams and the Big Red that were in the St. Louis market that left one in '88 and the other in 2015, well, '87 say like 87 and 2015 and you say look at both of those owners they were both terrible owners terrible uh, I'm going I'm going to do a, a little impression here for a second and you guys probably get a kick out of it get a laugh out of it but but uh, my, my impression is this now just remember, it's perfect. It's amazing. It's awesome. It is spectacular. And it is, it is just top notch, top notch. And the fact of the matter is, is those of you that get it that you could laugh all you want. Uh, it's, it's funny stuff, but it's, it's true. I mean, they they are terrible owners. They were terrible owners and a good owner is not going to pack their bags and leave their market. They're going to find a way to make it work. The Pagulas are still trying to find a way to make it work at Buffalo. They're still doing it. Thurman, i just seen you pop in, and you and I literally just saw your comment come up across the board as I stated that. Keep an eye on the bills. There's a rumor that, he's, that they're trying to sell the Sabres. That's true because an NFL team is more valuable. I would not be surprised if they might try to move the bills. I just don't see where they could potentially go outside of the St. Louis market. I mean, there's eh, – Portland rumor gets thrown around. The San Antonio rumor gets thrown around. The Toronto rumor gets thrown around. There's nobody going to London. We know that. That's – that the, the Jacksonville Jaguars got that market cornered. They've got that promise to them. That's what that's going to be. They'll just be able to just short plane flight, fly over, play a game over there. They're good to go. That's what's That's what it's going to be for a few years. There's going to be teams on the East Coast that are just going to fly over there and play some games, and that's going to be the extent of it. There might be a West Coast team occasionally. They might do it. Man, guys, we've just been kicking ass today. It's great. I love seeing everybody over in the comments section. Thank you all to everybody that has shared this out, that has gotten it out there, that has stayed in the chat, that has stayed online with me through this whole thing. Because I'm going to be writing another article coming up here real soon. A follow-up. To dirty deeds done dirt cheap a follow-up to the nfl cartel and i am going to be giving you all of this information in one big fat file that you all can see thurman says that the reason why the cardinals moved to st louis is because the nfl wanted to keep the afl out yes uh that is partially true that, that There is there's a lot of information there that uh, that is true. There are some certain other factors that go into play with that as to why they ended up in the St. Louis market, but they did move to St. Louis in 1960. They moved from the market in 1987-88. They started in Phoenix, Arizona, and became the Phoenix Cardinals, then transitioned a few years later to the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know, there's... We'll we'll have another show. to We'll talk a little bit more about some of that stuff. But I really wanted to get this information out there to you guys uh, and get you guys involved with with this is damning evidence. This is really a, a, you know bad stuff. You know if you think about it, look at this. This is pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of information. And just this one file that I have, just this one file that I have here, that's very important to me that I get you guys this information, and you're going to get it here real soon because I'm going to be putting it out on gatewaycitiesports.com. Make sure that you go over to the Facebook page the main page because we have a main page and we have the fan page. We have two different pages. Make sure you add them both because the fan page is a lot of fun. We get to share a lot of articles and stuff from different entities and different concepts, and we like to talk about things and have conversations. I'm always in there. The great Gene Bonds is always in there. The great Ron Nuttles in there. Brian Swope, uh, my friends, Arlington Lane. You know, they're you know, they're all in there. So make sure that you guys are tuning in to all of that stuff because there's a lot of stuff going on. One thing that I do want to do is I want to get over here in the comments section. I want to kind of catch up uh, during our hour-long plus conversation about all these documents and everything that you guys are going to get your hands on Um Will had stated that the Chicago Bears stadium situation uh, he finds funny and entertaining. Will Soldier Field survive, or will the Bears be like the Niners at Levi? I think the Bears are probably going to be more like the Niners at Levi. I think they're going to get out of the inner portion of Chicago. I really honestly think that's probably what's going to end up happening in St. Louis if that ends up coming to fruition. I think that there's a very likely possibility that St. Louis ends up building some kind of a stadium out in the county region or something easier access, something off of 6440, something off of I-70, something in that vicinity, Maryland Heights area, somewhere around in there, which is where the original spot where the Cardinals were supposed to get a stadium back in the 80s. <clears throat> but that's neither here nor there. But you can read about all that information over on Gateway City Sports and some of my articles. Just go look them up. They're there. You can search them. It's cool. It's awesome. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love you. You guys have made it a fantastic show today. I'm glad to be back. I've been so busy with life and everything else that goes on outside of this little box that you see me in. Make sure that you subscribe over on iTunes. We've also got the uh, Derek King Sports Show over on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to that if that's where you like to partake of the show Uh, but we try to put it on every single platform that we can so that way you guys can um, talk about it and you guys can see it and experience it uh, and that's what we want to do so thank you again i appreciate you guys so much more than you know because without you uh, i wouldn't be here doing what uh what i love to do which is talk about this stuff with you guys so i will see you again here next week Wednesday, 9 a.m., and we're going to have a whole heck of a lot more to talk about. We we will probably talk a little bit more about Cardinals baseball and some moves that are being talked about and some things that are going on, but this was really I wanted to get on top of this because I had gotten this stuff and I wanted to have a, a big conversation with you guys about it. There's so much more here, so much more meat on this bone, uh, but if we can't cover this in a one-and-a-half-hour show. It would take hours, uh, days almost, to cover this, and I wanted to be able to go through it. But thank you guys so much. See you again Wednesday next week, 9 a.m. And thank you for tuning in. Make sure you share out to all of your uh, big platforms. And thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. See you guys later. Take care. This is Gateway City Sports. This is the Derek King Sports Show. Cardinals, Blues, Mizzou Athletics, Chiefs. He has it covered. The Derek King Sports Show. Only on Gateway City Sports.